Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now, for today's show. Welcome to another episode of Speakers Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. According to my guest today, the professional speaking industry is easy to get into, but is only successful for fewer than 10%. Joining me on today's show is Marquesa Petway. Marquesa is a woman of many talents and many voices. As a child growing up in Texas, she spoke up and spoke out. While attending the Booker T. Washington School of Performing Arts, she found her voice as an actress and singer. And in college, she found another voice as a journalist, which took her all the way to New York City for postgraduate as an associate associate producer with CNN on the show, Managing with Lou Dobbs. Now, after a successful corporate stint, she emerged with a new voice and that of a professional speaker. She's spoken all over the US as well as internationally and loves serving her clients, both in person and virtually. She's the creator and founder of the National Center for Speaker Training, where she's helped hundreds of speakers to find their voice, get more gigs and live a fuller life as speakerpreneurs. As a speakerpreneur herself, she has earned the CSP designation, which is the highest designation for professional speakers. Only 12% in the world hold this. And Marquesa is the only person of color in New York City featured in Toastmasters magazine, appeared on MSNBC, New York Newsday, and relished her multifaceted life, helping others turn their passion into profits. She's here today to open your mind to a new way of thinking about speaking businesses by embracing the speakerpreneur lifestyle. Now on today's show, Marquesa is going to share knowing what a speakerpreneur is and why it's making a difference and why it makes all of a difference in a successful biz that also changes lives creating nurturing and building a lifestyle biz which serves your soul it's so important as well as the true components of success for a long profitable career as a speaker welcome to the show Marquesa. 
Well, thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. And I just want to correct one thing to make sure that this is very clear. Yes. I'm not the first African-American featured in Toast Macro Magazine. I am the first one to hold the designation of CSP, which is uh -huh. the highest designation you can hold as a professional speaker in the New York City and New York State area. Wow. I'm the only woman of color. And actually, I think I'm the third woman to hold amazing. it in New York State. So I want to make sure that that was clear. <laughs> yeah, look, amazing. What an impressive um, bio, background. You certainly have so much expertise to share. And what an honor to be able to, to feature you on Speaker's Success Podcast. You really are a woman of, of uh, many voices and certainly going to share some today. Talking about speakerpreneur, what is a speakerpreneur and why it makes all the difference in a successful biz that also changes lives? Yes, I love speakerpreneur. It's interesting. I remember being downsized from corporate America back in 2004. And, you know, you go through that process of what's my next? What mm -hmm. am I going to do next? And I remember at AT&T, I was the MC for their professional development conference, which as you can imagine, AT&T has a lot of employees. Yeah. And so I'm up there on this big stage and I'm thinking, how can I do this forever? So <laughs> a few years later, I actually got downsized and I said, okay, maybe this is my time. This is my moment. Now I will tell you the truth. I was terrified. I had a lot of bills and a cat I had to support at home. So I knew that I wanted to speak, but I didn't know where to start, what to do. So some of my friends told me about seminar companies. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That would be National Seminar, Skillpath, Fred Pryor, American Management Association, the list goes on. And so I sent out an audition video and they all said yes. So that took up all my time and I traveled all around the world. And the thing is, I realized you can't just be really great at speaking and connecting with the audience if you want to do this for a living. You kind of got to know how to run the business side. Mm -hmm. You heard about my television news background. You heard about, you know, I did eight years with corporate America, but I didn't have any entrepreneurial experience, right? Yes. So I had to literally become an, become an entrepreneur overnight. I had to learn how to sell, how to market all these moving parts. So literally after two years of being a professional speaker, I said, wait a minute, I am a speakerpreneur. So mm -hmm. I trademarked it, it's in Taste Messes Magazine, it's in National Speakers, it's everywhere. So everybody knows they hear the word speakerpreneur comes from me. And that's because in order to truly survive in this business, because I love that you shared that statistic, Anne-Marie, mm. which it's easy to get into this business, but it's very difficult to stay in it. And it's because oftentimes speakers or individuals never connect the dots to how do I make a living doing this? So my definition of speakerpreneur is understanding how to share your message, but also how to monetize it. Yeah, that's a huge mindset shift, isn't it? Because so many um, speaker speakers want to make an impact in the lives of their audience. They've got a passion for this message, but then they have to, you know, shift their mindset around. Okay, well, how am I really going to support myself? What was the biggest mindset shift for you that enabled you to then transition into business owner and, and speakerpreneur? Ooh, for me, it was realizing. I've got to do this. It's mm -hmm. no one else's responsibility. I had to lose that corporate mindset. The corporate mindset is, okay, I'm interviewing. I got a job. You know, I'm going to go to work every day and they're going to tell me what to do. Although I, technically I was never like that. <laughs> but, you know, the average corporate mindset is, you know, you get a salary, you do the work. As an entrepreneur, speakerpreneur, 
you, you can share a message every day, but if you're not sharing it consistently or you're not getting calls consistently or you're not earning income consistently in multiple ways with your message, you're broke. Yeah. You can't pay your bills. So that mind shift, mindset shift came early on. I quickly realized, oops, I need to know how to make this happen. Mm -hmm. I need to know how to create multiple income streams. That was one of the big lessons. And, the, and one of the advantages with speaking with, with speaking for the, the uh, seminar companies was watching what they did, noticing how they built their audience. Notice how they would send, you know, their promotions through the mail and on the website. And this is way, this is kind of when social media was new. Mm -hmm. uh, watching how you know, they loved us to go up and, and inspire the audience and share what we promised. But they also said, you have to sell products. You know, you have to uh, get them to sign up for additional seminars. It was the business piece that I learned. And then I learned how to follow up with people. People will hear you, Anne-Marie, and they will love you and they will just tell you up and down how they're going to tell their bosses about you or they're going to book you for their event, but they forget you know, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. So one of the early lessons I learned was uh, if you want people to remember you, you got to stay in, in front of their faces. And one of my early coaches taught me to stay in front of folks' faces. You've got to arrive in their inbox once a week or every other week or at least once a month. And you've got to stay on their mind in some form or fashion. And that's by letting, that's by solving their problems. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of moving parts that taught me, okay, sweetie, if you want to do this for a living, you know, you came from a six figure salary. It took a while for me to get that six figure salary back. Yeah. It took a while. And, and it took, you know, the learning the entrepreneur side of speakerpreneur for me to get there. Yes. I love the way that you've identified this and real key things and, and, and strategies that you put into place. You're talking about the various products and thank goodness that the the speaker bureaus and those organizations really supported you, encouraged you to create that. Can you recall what it was that you created initially? I'm sure now you've got a multiple range of, of great products, but for a speaker who is now considering, okay, I do realize I need to create some products. It can be really hard for them if they've never thought about it before. What is it that I can put together that is a product? So can you give a little bit of insight? Of what was the first thing that you created that then enabled the audience to step into and say, yes, I want to invest in you and this is the product that I'm going to do so? Oh, I love that question. One of the things, well, first of all, it's important as a speakerpreneur to realize that the first thing that that should not come out of your mouth when you introduce yourself say you're at a networking event or somewhere is i'm a speaker mm -hmm. or even in your linkedin profile it's the expertise that's going to get you hired it's the expertise that's going to get someone to invest in you so yeah i'm happy you're a speaker that's great but what problem do you solve okay mm -hmm. so i realized early on and this is way back because i've been in this industry going on 15 years um, I realized, all right, back then I taught folks how to communicate. That was my background, you know, teaching you how to communicate. I was, uh, unfortunately an aggressive communicator <laughs> and it took a lifetime for me to realize that I can't even blame that on living in New York now. I just, I think I was just born that way. So, um, you know, I taught people how to be powerful communicators. Don't be aggressive. Don't be passive, be powerful. So 
one, my very first product was how can I create something that they can take home? It's one thing to hear me, right? Mm -hmm. and, and spend 45 minutes with me or a full day with me. But then as a human, every passing day, you forget the information I share with you. So I said, okay, what audio can I record? Back then I used Audio Acrobat. I recommend that. Go to um, uh, it's, it's uh, mlpspeak.audioacrobat.com. That's their, their website. And it's like your own personal studio. And you can do this on Zoom, Skype, all sorts of things. But back then it was Audio Acrobat. And I would just go on there and I would teach different lessons on how to be that powerful communicator. Then I got it transcribed, which was expensive back in those days. But some people like to read it. Some people like to listen to it. Then I got up in front of my camera because back then we didn't have iPhones. Got up in front of my video camera and talked about it. So I had it in three different ways. I put that in a nice package. I owe it to the seminar companies because they really taught me about packaging. And so it came with a nice workbook. It came with a video. It came with an audio. And it came with a transcript. And I think my very first time putting it out was like $97. And so I continued to sell that over and over again. So what can you guys take away from it? First of all, your first product does not have to be a book. A book is lovely. I'm two books in. I'm working on my third book right now. It's nice to have a book, but that does not have to be the first thing out. And I'm going to tell you why. It's hard to get $97 for a book. Yes. So I thought I learned from the seminar companies, you know what? What can I sell that I can at least get $100 for? So, and then what can I sell where I can, that would be a component to someone hearing me speak? And it's a great place for newbies to start. You know, so nowadays it's easy. You can do it right on your iPhone, get in front of it, put it on a tripod and just record. And then there's a million, you can go to different sites. I recommend upwork.com to get a transcriber at a reasonable price. And then you can, you can pull the audio from the video. And literally that can be your product right now. And now guess what? You don't have to wrap it up and put it in a, 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 a tangible product like I did back then. You can put it right online and send it to people. You know what I mean? Mm. So that was my very first product. And then something else I did too is I remember being under pressure to write that book, but I'm a speaker. So I had to speak my book. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So I literally spoke my book, you know, stood up, talked it through again, got it transcribed, you know, and I kept going, talking it out, talking it out. And then guess who I sold it to first? I sold it to my first corporate client. This client, paid me one of my biggest paychecks to date. And they weren't my first corporate client. I take that back because I had a lot of corporate clients underneath the seminar companies, but this was my first one all by myself and outside of colleges. I don't consider them corporate, but, um, and this was a $20,000 check. I'll never forget it. They paid me to speak for a full day. It was two speakers. They were bringing in day one, day two, Jack Canfield was day one. Marquez, by the way, that's me oh, wow. was day two. And it was a full day. And it was so cool. And they videotaped me, Anne-Marie. They And I took uh, my, my book, Reinvention Roadmap. I also took, I did a whole, literally a physical roadmap, uh, a handout 11 by 17 that I gave them. And that was the first time I sold it. So I sold it again as a component to my presentation, which equaled out $20,000. So Amazing. yeah, so that's a speakerpreneur. How do I get the biggest bang for my buck? How do I create something that people can take home for with them that complements my presentation? It basically tells them now that you've heard me talk about this, 
what can you do over the next 30, 60, 90 days or a lifetime to truly implement what you've just learned from me? Mm, brilliant. Yeah. And I love the way that you've said it really complements your presentation because I'm sure that there's a number of things that you see speakers do, which is a disconnect. For instance, they might speak about a particular topic on stage and then what they're offering at the back of the room, their product, so to speak, has absolutely nothing to do with what they've just spoken about, which means people are not going to be compelled to get that information, to get that audio, to get that workbook. Is that something that you found many speakers sadly do? Oh, yes, I do. And I find that not only do they do that, but they leave a lot of money on a table. Mm -hmm. Now, I will admit in front of like really big, huge audiences, you can get a ton of money for your books, a ton of money. But, and as a side note, maybe we can do a future podcast on this. There's a book is really more of a, a strategy or it should be used as a, as a strategic tool mm -hmm. as a speaker. You know, some people write a book because they want it to be on a New York Times bestseller list. And that's a blessing in itself. But if you're writing a book to open doors, you got to know where and when to use it. So if you're in front of a smaller group, you're in front of an entrepreneurial type audience, these folks are more willing to invest and buy a whole lot more. So don't limit yourself with a $20 book. But to your point, Anne-Marie, yes, you got to make sure that the book complements some part of your message, because if folks go back there and they scratch their heads, they're not going to buy, as yeah. you've heard of it, a confused buyer never buys. So it needs to connect. But don't forget, it's not just about selling the products. It's also about selling your next engagement. So make sure somewhere in your presentation, after you've given them value, that you mention, hey, guys, how many of you really got something out of this message? How many of you are going to do this or that? Um, I would love to come to your company, talk to my team back there. There's a form going around. If you want me to come to your company, put your name down there and I will personally reach out and thank you. So don't forget that every with every engagement, you're looking to the next one and the next one and the next one. So you got to always think as a speakerpreneur and not just as a speaker. Yeah, because once you then get into speaking with key decision makers at corporate, then that's often a, a bigger package, isn't it? A, a bigger offering for you um, because you yeah. might be doing more one-on-one -on -one or, or groups for that organization. So obviously you might want to tailor whatever it is because some, some speakers offer some consulting packages and other expertise yeah. that they bring for those particular the staff members and and I and it, it really sounds as if you've got a really great process almost not like a funnel but various offerings that each step up is a higher value for for you and, and for them yeah, you're mm. right you're right yeah, yeah. So I know what it's like when you hear of um, speakers that are often, they are traveling a lot and they do feel like they're being stretched thin. Sometimes, you know, what's that say? The victim of your own success. You, yeah. what, what are some things, and I'm sure you've got some real golden nuggets, to, to enable speakerpreneurs to create, nurture and build a lifestyle biz and one that serves the soul because you can be empowering many people from the stage, but if you're not giving back and looking after yourself, you don't want to be drained at the end of each year. So what are some things that you can share for us here? Oh, yes. And I love that question because a big component in my business, I actually became one in, at the beginning of 2017, is part of being a speakerpreneur is creating a lifestyle business, mm -hmm. which means that your business not only serves your wallet and serves the people that you're most passionate to help, but it also serves your soul. 
um, while I was on the road for these seminar companies. And I loved, oh my goodness, Anne-Marie, it felt so good that every single day I'd get up there and I mean, my audience can be as small as 15 and as many as 500. It was crazy. Yeah. And then yeah. that in addition to my own engagements and it felt so good. You felt like a superstar every single day. But I would go back to my hotel or I would get on a road for three, two to three hours or I would go to an airport and it was crazy lonely. I couldn't hold a relationship, barely had time to do laundry. And I felt like, oh my goodness, this is killing me. And it got to the point, which is why I eventually stopped my contracts with them, where I started driving to the wrong city. Oh. And I knew something was wrong because I, I just, I was not alert. I was making stupid mistakes. And that was because my business and my dream was overtaking me. So one of the things I've learned, and sometimes this takes time after being in the business full time for 10 plus years, um, is really sit down and, and it takes time to figure that out. You don't know when you're first in the business, you're like, I just want to speak as often as possible. But after you've been there and you've done that, you realize, okay, maybe I want to speak in front of these type of audiences, or maybe I want to speak this amount of time. And you know what? How do I want to serve people? See, the thing is, you said something interesting earlier. You said not necessarily a funnel. You definitely want to have a funnel where you, you know, take people from something free all the way up to your highest keynote or your highest fee. Mm -hmm. But you also want uh, income streams and different way you serve people. So for me, being in front of an audience every week and getting on a plane every week at that time, it was every day killed me because as soon as I get home and I get organized, then I got to get right back on the road. I can't have a life like that. No. So I decided, I remember sitting down and you do this um, at the end of the year, beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, whenever you do an assessment on your business and you say to yourself, okay, what feels good to me? And I realized my sweet spot, my light, I call this your business lifestyle sweet spot was speaking twice a month, you know, twice mm -hmm. a month. And so I would really work now. Sometimes I can't do that because the client needs you more than that. But I, this is why my conversation with the client was so important because a lot of clients are flexible on when you can speak. Now, if it's an event, you're going to lose flexibility. But what I would often do is say, all right, if I got to be in say LA, which is across the country, since I live in New York, yes. I would think, well, what other clients can I meet out there and what fun can I add on to the trip? So that it's not all business. Maybe I can have lunch with a colleague or a dear college friend or something like that. So I, so part of it is number one, deciding how often I wanted to speak. Number two was choosing how can I leverage this, this trip that I'm taking and do more than just run out there, take a plane right there, speak, and then get right back on the plane. That makes you sick. So instead of it being one or two days, let's make it three or four days and let's make it fun. So that way my body can rest. You, you get what I'm saying? Yes. So it was, you know, the frequency was important and also the, the flavor of the trip. I wanted to see a lot more than just a hotel. What is it in LA that I want to see? Maybe I want to go visit the stars and their Hollywood homes. I don't know. <laughs> the third piece is uh, making sure that I'm leveraging every piece of my expertise. So I'm not only speaking, maybe I can do a VIP day while I'm out there and coach people. Maybe I can do a short little event for five people a short mini workshop. Maybe I can meet, I can do a news interview while I'm out there. How can I leverage each and every trip? That way, if I'm only doing it twice a month, I'm a busy bee. And what's so cool is 
I have built a really big virtual business. Um, you mentioned earlier, I run the National Center for Speaker Training. So I'm on, I'm with my members once a week and sometimes it's, sometimes it's recorded, but they definitely see me twice a month. I choose one day a week to do all of my coaching. So I really have learned to master my time instead of my time mastering me. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of information, but the core of it is I needed to figure out my sweet spot in my business for how it would show up for my clients, but still not not feel like I'm all overwhelmed, chaotic, and I can't breathe. And that's where I used to be. And I'm gonna tell you something, when I was like that, I was lonely as all get out. Yeah. And now I have this full life, I'm with this wonderful man, I have this fabulous life in New York, I have these great friends, you know, so I have more of a life that satisfies my soul. And that was important to me. So when a client comes to me, I ask a lot of questions because my priority is serving them. As I ask the questions, I'll always think, how can I work this in my schedule where it's a comfortable fit and it's not overwhelming? And that is really important. And and since I've made that an intentional practice, it's made all the difference in my life. So not only do I like what I do, I love how I do it. Yeah, that's so important, Marquesa. Thank you for sharing that because I know many um, business owners, you know, speakers who want to become speakerpreneurs often will see their vision, see their goal. Well, when I get to that stage, when I get to that stage, but sometimes, as you said, if we don't look out for the triggers, we will exhaust ourselves, we will burn ourselves out. But what you've done is you put a, you've kind of stopped. I need to do something different. I want to enjoy the journey as well as, you know, the business that I'm building and not become um, exhausted to the point where you just really dread because I'd imagine that the passion that you had you know when you're speaking on stage and you know the people's lives are changing when you're exhausted you're not enjoying it as much are you and that really yeah can, can limit your ability to really connect and, and engage what would you say to people who have heard this and they're going to make some changes in you know in the way that they obviously are some of those true components of success for a long profitable career because you want to make sure that you're looking after yourself. The speaking industry, there are a lot of people who are passionate about their work and, and have a really strong message, have really level of expertise that is incredible. Just like other industries are, are finding disruption, what have you noticed over the years that you've been involved in the speaking industry that there are some significant changes? And the reason I ask that, are there things that we need to be aware of that we can start to become more aware of so that when we do start to, to share our message and put some of these incredible components in place, we really are standing out uh, and making a, a real difference because you know like any other industry it's quite cluttered there's a lot of great speakers out there how can we position ourselves to really stand out and make that difference well there's a few things here number one respect the industry yeah. <laughs> respect that you know if you want to become a dentist what do you do you go to dental school you do your residency you know even if you want to become a cpa you go through all those steps mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't I, it confuses me why we decide we're going to get into the speaking industry but we don't have to do any work all you need to do is be a big speaker so educate yourself educate yourself whether it's working with a coach uh, a strategist um, or even, you know, you gotta, and you may not learn all of this in college. I love college, got my degrees, love it. It's a beautiful thing, but this is outside of that. Mm -hmm. This is literally learning the industry and educating yourself with the industry. You know, WSA is a fabulous network. 
Get into that network. See what other folks are doing. Do your homework. Be observant. Say, you know what? I see Anne Marie. She does this with her speaking. I see Marquesa does this with her speaking. I see that Gail does this with her speaking. See what fits with you. You know, so respect the industry enough to do your homework, your research. And here's another piece of that is, you know, Google is a beautiful thing. If you think you want to teach people how to find the love of their lives, you know, then go to Google and type in women speakers that talk about how to find the love of your life. Check out those speakers, see what they're doing, see where they're speaking, you know, seek them out, say, hey, or go somewhere, don't bug them now, but go somewhere and 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 where they're speaking or, or check out their product and really, you know, you, you really learn from people when you see what they're doing out there. I remember, in, you know, as a professional speaker, one of the first people that I really checked out was Les Brown. He's very famous, one of the most famous speakers out there. And I spent time with him. I was in his program. I did it all. Yeah. I needed to know, well, I want to check out the people that are kind of already doing what I'm doing. So I respected the industry. I also joined a network, which was really important because I wanted to be surrounded by other people that, that have the same passion as I have. And then here's something else. Yeah, is there noise? Of course, there's noise in, in so many different aspects of the online world. It's unbelievable. But one of the things that I would tell people to do is just keep it simple by just deciding what is it that I really want, you know, do, you know, and, and this can be a very detailed question that you have to ask yourself. What is it that I want? And take one step at a time. If you think you want to be a speaker and there's different types of speakers, that's what I love about WSA. There's some speak women's speakers association. There's some people that speak to sell. In other words, you're in front of people that you can do private consulting type work with. And so they will. And when you speak, you build credibility. So you're not necessarily trying to get a fee to speak. You're attracting clients through speaking. Be very clear about that and master what that is. Learn how to do it. Learn what to say and make sure you follow through and make sure you give the value. The industry is crowded because people try to do everything. Mm -hmm. And then and or and then when they're struggling, they try to say, well, I'll teach somebody else what I know, you know, and then it becomes really crowded. So I would look within and see what is it that I really want to do? Let me get educated about it. Let me see who else is doing. Let me do some research on the superstars. Let me stalk them a little bit. And then let me take some tips from there. And then let me get really good at what I'm doing. Here's another thing too, that is so important. Um, I hear this day in and day out. I wanna be a keynoter, I wanna be a keynoter. Keynoter is a beautiful thing. But understand there's a difference between a keynoter, a trainer, um, an MC, a host. There's so many different, one thing I love about our industry, Anne-Marie, is that you can do so many things. It's amazing how many different things you can do because there's a myriad of business models. Uh, make sure that you choose something that complements your talents. Understand that a keynoter is a storyteller. A keynoter is a person or an expert that gets up there and they leave people with something to think about or how to think about something in a different way. A trainer who's equally as important and believe it or not can get equal amount of money. They may speak, instead of them speaking for an hour or two, they may speak for a full day. I used to do training back in the day. Now I primarily do keynotes or my live events or I'll do virtual speaking. But a trainer may speak all day long uh, six hours, seven hours, and they're doing examples and bringing people up and, you know, showing people not just what to do, but how to do it. That's a gift in itself. 
Then you have workshop presenters, you know, that may only work with people for a, a little while and maybe they'll do a level of facilitation. They may do a short workshop. They're kind of like teachers, but a little bit of training thrown in there. You have MCs that get up there and they're like the personality of whatever event that they're hosting. So get very clear on where your talents fit. Don't just say, because it sounds fabulous that you just want to be a keynote. And a lot of newbies make that mistake. Mm -hmm. They come into the business, they say, oh, I'm super talented, I'm just gonna be a keynote. Or they'll get one opportunity to speak somewhere, they'll say it's a keynote, and now they're a keynoter. Be willing to work your way up in this industry with the, with the, the fee you demand, because then you can sell it a lot easier. Um, and then figure out what feels right to you. And if you've done this for a long time, you'll try all of it and you'll really know which one is your fit. Own it and, and, and just put it out there and you will make so much money along with satisfying your soul and most importantly, growing other people. Yeah, that was brilliant because once you align and do all of that, there's a level of confidence that just shines through you and no amount of training or anything like that's going to bring that forth because you've done, you know, you've, as you said, you've respected the industry, you've studied the greats, you've incorporated around your own, you know, how you, your own style, all of that kind of thing, but it's aligned with really what your gifts are, what your talents are, and that will shine through. My goodness, I feel like I have just been part of a masterclass and I know that <laughs> everyone who listens will just be so empowered by the, the content you know practical steps that really will support them to become that speakerpreneur have you know great um, speaking from stage and the company you know making money being paid what you're worth and, and for the incredible gifts and ex expertise that you offer Mark Bresa share a little bit more about the services that you offer because I know there's going to be many people listening today that would love to, to find out more about how you can support them. Absolutely. And thank you, Emory. I love the masterclass. That's always my goal. Um, I help speakerpreneurs all over the world. Um, a lot of my school is virtual. Now, I do live in New York City and a couple of times a year I do have virtual events. If you're interested in working with me, because I do this in different ways, depending on your personality and kind of where you are in your business, um, I've created such a wonderful speakerpreneur community. It's, it's, it's on steroids. And these are a group of individuals that respect both sides of the industry. They understand they got to keep those speaking skills sharp, but they also got to have a signature system. They got to have multiple income streams. They got to know the pluses and minuses of the business. They got to wrap this around their lifestyle. So if that's you, please go to speakerblueprint.com speakerblueprint.com. There you can sign up for a strategy session with me and you will speak to me directly and I give you a free complimentary session. And during that, during that call, we figure out how I can best serve you. Mm -hmm. And you can also go to, you may say, I'm not ready for you yet, but I want to stay in touch. Please go to gottaspeaknow.com. There's an ebook on how you can make six figures speaking for free. So that's gotta, G O T T A, speaknow.com. Or you can go to my new site called speakerpreneur.net. Just page down and there, and I provide a free technology list on really how to grow a speaking business or the tools that I use in my speaking business to keep it growing and moving and, you know, just serving the world um, right there at speakerpreneur.net. And that's spelled just like it sounds. But Anne-Marie, I appreciate this opportunity. Again, I can't thank WSA enough. 
And I love this. I eat, sleep and drink this industry and they need more of us out there because, um, you know, we go through different things. Some of us, you know, some folks are finding love. Some people are trying to lose weight. Some people are trying to start businesses. You know, there's, there's something that the world needs from you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would love to help you put, get that out there and monetize it. So that's what I do. Again, check me out at, um, gottaspeaknow.com or go to speakerblueprint.com and get on my calendar. Fantastic. Yes, and we'll put all of the notes uh, and all of the links on the show notes as well. And uh, look, Marquesa, once again, it's been an absolute delight speaking with you today. And um, (laughs) yeah, thanks once again for sharing your insights and brilliance with us. Thank you, Anne-Marie. You're awesome. I love your podcast and thanks everyone. And I can't wait to see you on stage. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free Speaker Success Plan at SpeakerSuccessGift.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.